Hey guys, this is Zach. Welcome back to the podcast. We just finished an amazing service, just loving on Jesus. And what we talked about today was how Holy Spirit reveals Jesus to us. The important part that Holy Spirit plays in our lives, that he is the manifest presence of God on the earth today. And he glories in Jesus and helps us see Jesus. He helps us worship Jesus based upon what the scripture says in Revelation 22, the spirit and the bride say, come. So I pray that you're encouraged and I pray that you're challenged to live more like King Jesus through this podcast. Love y'all. Morning, everybody. Wow, am I really loud? Check, check. Yeah, back me down just a tad, just a little, just a little bit. Won't be able to hear me, but not super much. Um, cool. All right, let's stand. Let's stand up, and let's just continue to do what we've been doing this whole time, and give him our affection, give him our love. Um, he's he's why we're here. So yeah, just quiet your heart, quiet your mind, close your eyes, fix your heart on him. Let your heart look up and ask your father to give you the presence of the Holy Spirit. Just ask him to come and rest on you. Because as I speak, there's a reason why in the scriptures, the Holy Spirit is, ta- is called the, the teacher or the counselor or the guide. He's the one that opens the word and he reveals Jesus to us. So as we begin to enter in this morning into our, it's really what I feel like the Lord has put on my heart. I want us to center our hearts and our affection. Holy Spirit, you are welcome in this place. Open my eyes that I may see. Open our ears that we may hear and see and understand the deep things of God. For it says that in the scripture, it says that the spirit searches the deep things of God, things that even angels wish they could know, and they're poured out on us. We thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for it. In Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. 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 You may be seated. Thank you, Rebecca. Um, Yeah, that's cool. I was like, I was reading that the other day in the Word, and it was talking about the Lord reveals things to us that angels themselves wish they knew. Like, that's how close we are to the Father. That's how close He has designed us to be to Him, is that there are things that we know that angels that literally look at Him day in and day out don't know about Him. Like, that's mind-blowing. Anyways, like, all right, we're going to get into it. Um, I'm excited to be here. I'm excited that it's warming up a little bit. (laughs) Like, you know what's been cold when this morning it's like 30 degrees and it kind of feels warm. (laughs) Like, I'm walking around like, yo, this is beautiful. (laughs) Like, 30 degrees, keep it coming. Um, So yeah, it was also nice to kind of warm up from that shock that was that Green Bay game last night. If any of you guys watched that. Any sports fans in here? Sports fans? Any football fans in here? 
Okay, my people, my people. Awesome. Well, <clears throat> welcome to Vision. We're so glad you guys are here. Um, my name is Zach, and I love Jesus. And we love Jesus here at Vision. And uh, we believe that he is absolutely everything to us. And he is all that we need. Um, and so I hear, I hear this many times week in and week out by a mighty man of God that I look up to and admire. And it really resonates so well with us today. And it said, if you're here this morning and you think the fact that you're here is going to save you, it's not. Coming to church does not save you. Listening to a message that you agree with or if you, dis- or if you disagree with does not save you. Watching YouTube videos all week long and having praise and worship music going on in your house or your apartment or wherever you're at all week long does not save you. Jesus is the only one that saves. My favorite worship song didn't die on a cross. My favorite preacher didn't die on a cross. Come on. Some of us need to hear that. And so when Jesus came, he came for one reason, and it was to fulfill the will of the Father. What was the will of the Father? That we would no longer be separated. There's a reason why the veil was torn in two in such a way that no one could even question who tore it. It was Jesus. And so if you're here for that, come for Jesus. He's the one that saves. Doesn't matter how well we think we did up on the worship or how well dad did doing tithes and offerings, which is awesome. None of that stuff saves. Only Jesus saves. All the rest of this stuff is what it looks like for people who are in love. That's what this stuff looks like. And so it's important also that all of you here that came today, you were drawn by the Spirit of the Lord. You were drawn by him. You came for him. You may not know it, but you didn't come because you like the genre of music that we play. You didn't come because you like the way that we dress. You came because he drew you here. He said in the scriptures, he said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto myself. And so that's just what we're doing here is we're lifting him up and you're being drawn here. We're supposed to be drawn to the house of the Lord. Kyle and I, we were talking this last week. It's like we are getting to this point in our relationship with Jesus to where we love him so much, we can't wait to get off work just to go home and just sit at his feet, you know? Like, that's so outlandish to think about. Like, what are you going to do after work today, bro? It's like, man, I'm going to run home. I'm going to change, get comfortable. I'm going to get on my knees, and I'm going to pull up my Bible, and I'm going to read about Jesus. Like, that didn't used to be me. I used to be the kind of person that thought that was the dumbest stuff. I told people that I liked it when I was out in public because I was the pastor's kid. You know, it was what you did. It helped your image. It helped you look good. But I wasn't living that out at all. And so now actually walking in it, if you're there and you're thinking, I don't know if I can truly love Jesus as, as outrageous as some of you guys, I'm a living testimony. And I'm sure many of you in here are as well, that you can have an outrageous love for the King of glory. You believe that? All right, well, we're going to dive in. Who brought your Bibles? Like actual paper Bibles. Did anybody bring an actual paper Bible? Hold it up. Hold it up. Let me see it. Let me see it. All right. Anybody got them glowy Bibles? Anybody got your glowy Bibles? Let's see it. Come on. Got your glowy Bible? And as, my, as an amazing man of God, Ben Fitzgerald says, all you with Androids, we have a deliverance room in the back, and we'll touch you guys later. <laughs> well, we're going to jump right back in here. So if you have your Bibles or your phones, or whatever. Turn to the book of John, and we're going to start in John chapter 14. And we're just going to sit in the scriptures. There's a lot of scriptures this morning. Now, what's the topic we're going to be talking about? Well, Jesus. Ha! Got you. 
So uh, we're going to talk about Jesus, but we're going to talk about not just him, but the one who helps us see Jesus. We see Jesus, but then there's one that helps us to see and perceive and to know him intimately, and that's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the one who reveals Jesus to us. And I got some scriptures uh, just to dive deep into this thing. Man, he's so good. So if you're there in John chapter 14, we're going to read just a little bit. We're going to plant here, and we're going to start in verse 1, and we're going to go all the way up to 17. That's right. We're reading 17 verses, y'all. So Masha, hang with me. We got this thing. All right. So I'm just going to start reading. This is Jesus speaking, and he says in verse four, or chapter 14, verse 1, don't worry or surrender to your fear. Therefore, he says, be anxious for nothing. That's a command. He's not saying, hey, guys, your relationship with me would be a lot better if you didn't worry about anything. No, he says right here, do not worry or surrender. Or in other translations, don't let your heart be troubled. I'm also reading out of the Passion Translation, just FYI. So don't worry or surrender to your fear, for you've believed in God. Now trust and believe in me also. My Father's house has many dwelling places. If it were otherwise, I would tell you plainly, because I go to prepare a place for you. This is Jesus telling the disciples, I go to prepare a place for you. What does that look like? Jesus came and he left. Where did he go? He went to the cross. He couldn't prepare a place for us without the cross. The cross was how that is capable. So Jesus is speaking, and he says, behold, I go to prepare a place for you. Went to the cross. He died. On the third day, rose again. Now we have a place seated at the right hand of the Father. We are right standing with him. Oh, my goodness. This is going to be a long 17 verses. Um, And when everything is ready, I will come back and take you to myself so that you will know or so that you will be where I am. Thank you, Lord. And you already know the way to the place where I'm going. All right, so Thomas here has a very legitimate question. He says, Master, we don't know where you're going, so how could we know the way there? Jesus answers it with this mic drop of a statement. He says, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the what? I am the what? Yeah. So the the reason why you're sitting in that seat today is because of Jesus. He's the life. Simmer. He's the life. He's the way, he's the truth, and he's the life. Nothing has existence apart from him, the scripture says. So moving in a little bit deeper. No one comes to the Father except through union with me. So for anybody who ever tells you there's multiple ways to the Father, Jesus right here just wiped that theology off the table and said, "Uh uh-uh, it's me and me alone. So you can't see the Father without Jesus. To know me is to know my Father too. And you now... And from now on, you will realize that you have seen him and experienced him. So Jesus is already giving us a heavenly look into the relationship between the Father and the Son, and eventually we're getting to the Holy Spirit. Philip spoke up and he said, Lord, show us the Father and that will be all we need. Jesus replies to Philip and says, I've been with you all this time and you still don't know who I am. How could you ask me to show you the Father for anyone who has looked at me has seen the Father? Don't you believe that the Father is living in me and that I am living in the Father? Even my words are not my own, but come from my Father, for he lives in me and performs his miracles of power through me. Believe that I live as one with my Father and that my Father lives as one with me, or at least believe because of the mighty miracles I have done. 
So once again, we're seeing this relationship and this picture, this beautiful heavenly picture of the Son and the Father. I tell you this timeless truth in verse 12. The person who follows me in faith, believing in me, will do the same mighty miracles that I do. Come on, church. Will do the same mighty miracles that Jesus did. We're talking blind eyes open. We're talking the lame walking. We're talking cancer in an instant, bowing. So the same things that he did, we are going to do. But Jesus goes on to preface and says, even greater miracles than these will you see, because I go to be with my Father. For I will do whatever you ask me to do whenever you ask me in my name. And that is how the Son will show what the Father is really like and bring him glory. Ask me anything in my name, and I will do it for you. Now, I used to read the scripture and think, man, I can ask anything in the name of Jesus, and he'll do it. Like, give me macaroni and cheese in the name of Jesus, you know, or something like, you know, just great, you know, that's how I was thinking. But really, when you fall in love with Jesus, we hear this a lot, I, want, I, I, I long for what you long for. How many of y'all have ever prayed the prayer, Lord, break my heart for what breaks yours? And get, I want to take pleasure in what gives you pleasure. So as you fall in love with him, you long for what he wants, and you also want to take up his sufferings. That's a part of the Christian walk. And so what we're seeing here is when Jesus says, ask me anything in my name and I will do it for you, when you receive him, when you accept him, when you long to be like him, you begin to ask him, Father, what do you want me to ask you for? And you don't just ask him, man, I, I want this. I want this. And sure, that's not bad. But I feel like a beautiful place the Lord wants to bring us to is ask me what I want you to ask me for. So it's Jesus, what do, what do you want me to ask you? Because I want what you want. And you know what you want. So help me. And so Jesus speaks that. And then in verse 15, Jesus says, loving me empowers you to obey my commands. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another Savior. In other translations, he will give you a helper, the Holy Spirit of truth, who will be to you a friend just like me, and he will never leave you. The world won't receive him because they can't see him or know him. But you know him intimately because he remains with you and will live inside of you. So Jesus promised us a helper. He promised us the Holy Spirit. Who is the Holy Spirit? Well, when you look at a helper, he is one that walks alongside you. He is a friend. He is one that we cultivate a relationship with. We cultivate a friendship with. He carries many different names throughout the scriptures. And in some translations, he's referred to as the Spirit of God. In other translations, he's referred to even as the Spirit of Jesus. And it talks about that when Paul wanted to go, uh, I think it was, he wanted to go to Asia. And it said that he was restrained by the Spirit of Jesus. That's the Holy Spirit that was restraining Paul from being able to go. And so the Holy Spirit is a friend. What does that tell me? Through a friend, as with Jesus, I am called to relationship with this individual. Why? Because I am doing life with this person. Dad so beautifully was talking about, you know, it's his relationship with his wife, my mom. They are intimate with one another. They, they relate to one another. They purposefully hang out together. And it's important that we approach the Holy Spirit from the same way. I want to be with you. I want to know you. Help me see Jesus the way you see Jesus. 
And so Jesus promised me the Holy Spirit. In John 16, verse 7, he goes on to say, but here's the truth. It's to your advantage that I go away, Jesus speaking to his disciples. For if I don't go away, the divine encourager, the Holy Spirit, will not be released to you. But after I depart, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will expose sin and prove that the world is wrong about God's righteousness and his judgments. So Jesus said, in order for him to come, I must go. So at the time of Jesus walking on the earth, right, we've got the Father, we've got the Son, and we've got the Holy Spirit, there is one of the three, three and one, all right? <laughs> three and one. There's the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, three in one. The best way I know how to describe this, I've been reading this incredible, incredible book. Uh, it's called Good Morning, Holy Spirit. If you all ever have an opportunity to read this book, oh my goodness, it's beautiful. And also, it's important too, let me, let me just preface before we go any deeper in this. Every, don't take my word for everything that we're saying here. There's a reason why I asked you, did you bring your Bible? Is because we dive in this thing together. We read this thing together. Don't take my word for it. Please don't. Because if you look at the church today, sometimes we may be thinking, man, we've got a lot of hyped up people, but not really a lot of action is happening. And it's because we have a lot of people that have their list of favorite preachers, and they go in, and they want to listen to a message, and they take notes. They're great note takers, but they don't open their Bible when they listen at the same time. They go in ready to take notes, but they don't go in ready to turn and go with them and actually read it and be like, okay, I see it for myself right here. It's important that we put our eyes on the scriptures ourselves. And it's not saying that I can't trust what so-and-so says or I can't trust what this says, but it's like judge everything by the scriptures. The scriptures is the barometer. This is what I go through. I can't just take it for, I, just, I can't just take it as fact. I have to actually dive in deep and see it for myself. It's not a lack of trust. It's actually showing that I trust you because he is his word. You guys agree? You guys understand what I'm saying? OK, cool. Well, we're just going to continue going here. So Jesus promised me the Holy Spirit. He said, I must leave so he can come. So when you think about it, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, the Son was on the earth at a time. And then he went. And when he went, he sent the Holy Spirit. I was thinking about this last night. Both Jesus and the Holy Spirit won't be on the earth until Jesus' second coming. Because Holy Spirit is the functioning presence of the Lord on the earth today. He is the one that operates on the earth today. As we see in Acts 2, he came. So he's here now. In this room, he's here. That's why we welcome him. That's why we invite him. That's why we love him and we tell him that he's beautiful because he is God. And so I just was thinking about this last night. We have the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. The Son leaves, the Holy Spirit comes. But when Jesus comes back, he will come and the Holy Spirit's here. Revelation 22 says, the Spirit and the bride say, come. The spirit and the bride. So it's us and the spirit with us. It even talks in Acts, and it says that the disciples, they made this decision, and they said, it is good to us and the spirit. So they're in conversation with the spirit, and they are actually working in tandem with him. He wants Jesus to come back just as much as we do. Jesus wants to come back, 
But it says nobody knows when he's coming back, not even the son. He sits eagerly at the right hand of the father, eagerly awaiting the word to say, go. Go and get your bride. And so I was thinking about this. So Jesus comes back. The Holy Spirit is on the earth today. Jesus, he'll pierce the eastern sky. He'll come back in glory. And then we'll have him and the Holy Spirit on the earth together. But when Jesus comes back, it says that there's going to be a resurrection. So all of us here, we're getting glorified bodies. Somebody say amen. Amen. Who's excited about that? We're getting glorified bodies when he comes back. Why? Because just as Moses, when he was on Mount Sinai, he was in love with the Lord and he said, I want to see you, Lord. And God told him, he said, if you see my face, no one has survived being able to see my face. But here's what I'll do. I will hide you behind this rock and I will pass by and you will be able to look upon my back. I mean, for crying out loud, just to see the back of God, like, that's crazy. But he knew that my glory is too much for you to take at one time, to look at my face. No one has looked upon the face of the Father. And so you, you, you put that in perspective, and you're like, whoa, OK. So I'm going to have a glorified body when Jesus returns. Because if Jesus returned, and I looked at him with mere human eyes and the Holy Spirit's here at the same time, that's a lot of power. That's a lot of glory to look at. And so he knew that if he came back and the Holy Spirit was still here and Jesus is here, we would be burnt up like a moth in a fireplace. So you have a glorified body to be able to see the King of glory come. And Jesus is going to come back, and the graves are going to split open. And some are going to be awoken to a glorious resurrection, but some are going to be awoken to a resurrection of judgment. Which side are we going to fall on here? So Jesus promised us the Holy Spirit in John 16, verse 7. And then in in 16, 13, he says, but when the truth-giving spirit comes, this is cool. He will unveil the reality of every truth within you. He won't speak of his own, just like Jesus didn't speak on his own. Jesus said, I don't say anything unless I hear the Father say it. So the Holy Spirit will not speak on his own, but only what he hears from the Father. He will reveal prophetically to you what is to come. So he is the manifest presence of the Lord. And his goal, his one goal, is to reveal the Father to us. He's not something to be afraid of. He's not something to be intimidated by. He is a friend. I view Holy Spirit many times, and I even hear, I know like you lifestyle Christianity people, you guys know like Todd White talking about Holy Spirit, how like he's like a puppy dog. You know, and he's like, you wake up in the morning, and he's like right there in your face, like, ha, good morning. You know, he's like, let's hang out. Let's get together. Let's, let's do this thing. That's what he's like. He's not standing there like the cool kid, like in the back corner of like a party that's like, yo, come and like, come and talk to me and maybe I want to hang out with you. He's not like that. We have to seek him out. And once we, once we, ha- once, once we, once we find him, which we're finding him and we see him right now, once we see the Holy Spirit, then we cultivate a friendship, cultivate a relationship. And the Holy Spirit is so amazing. So as we look at this, once again, we talked about how the Holy Spirit is the working power of the Lord on the earth today. What does that look like? Well, the Father is in heaven. Jesus 
is enthroned at his right hand. And the Holy Spirit is on the earth today. Stephen confirms this, if you got your Bibles. Let's turn over to Acts chapter 7. And I'm just going to show you this real quick, because once again, I don't just want it to come from me. I want us all to see it. Acts chapter 7, verse 55 through 56. So Stephen finishes preaching probably what some scholars have called it, one of the best sermons ever preached in the Bible. Like he goes all through the Bible in turning people's eyes to Jesus. He goes way back there, talks about Moses, talks about the prophets, goes through everything. So much so that the Pharisees and Sadducees really hated it. And at this point, I'm like, man, if they hated it, it was probably really good, you know, because didn't really agree with a lot of that stuff. Moving on, uh, Acts 7, 55 through 56. Once again, the Father is in heaven. Jesus is enthroned at his right hand, and the Holy Spirit is working on the earth today. So Stephen, in verse 55, overtaken with great faith. Well, actually, back up, verse 54. This is after he preaches the message to these people. And it said, when they heard these things, they were overtaken with violent rage, filling their souls. And they gnashed their teeth at him. Verse 55, but Stephen, overtaken with great faith, was full of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit on the earth working in Stephen. He fixed his gaze into the heavenly realm, and he saw the glory and the splendor of God. And Jesus, who stood up at the right hand of God. So here we, here we have a beautiful picture. The Father is enthroned. And Jesus, we think many times Jesus is sitting enthroned at the right hand of the Father, which he is. He is the high priest of our confession. He's making intercession for you and I, day in and day out. But what we see here is that through Stephen's act of faith, Jesus, King Jesus, stands up. That's beautiful that Stephen grabbed the attention of Jesus so mightily that Jesus isn't sitting there on his throne watching Stephen. No, he is inclined, and Jesus stood up to look at Stephen. So Stephen says, once again, he said, I saw the glory and splendor of God, and Jesus, who stood up at the right hand of God, and Stephen says, look, in verse 56, I can see the heavens opening and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God to welcome me home. Wow. His accusers covered their ears with their hands and screamed at the top of their lungs to drown out his voice. Darkness doesn't like light, y'all. Just as much as I don't like the cold. Mm -mm. So (laughs) when they then they pounced on him and threw him outside the city walls to stone him. His accusers, one by one, placed their outer garments at the feet of a young man named Saul of Tarsus, who would later become Paul. As they hurled stone after stone at him, so Stephen is in the midst of being stoned to death, and Stephen prays this prayer in the midst of having rocks hurled at his head. He says, our Lord Jesus, accept my spirit into your presence. He crumpled to his knees and shouted in a loud voice, Our Lord, don't hold this sin against them. And he died. That's a man that walked with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the power of God that functions and operates in us. And so what we see here is Stephen. Anyone in their right mind would probably think, I'm having stones hurled at me. Why in the world am I going to pray a prayer for these people? 
Stephen was so in love that it didn't matter what was happening around him. He looked up and he saw the pearl of great price, just as Jesus. You think Jesus saw the cross when he came to this earth? Jesus didn't see the cross when he came to this earth. He saw you. It said that he looked for the joy set before him. He endured the cross. He came for you. He didn't come for a cross. It took a cross to get us back. Like, that's what it took. And so he paid that price. Because you were lost and dead in human sin. A God cannot pay for human sin. It had to be paid for on a level playing field. God knew the way to get us back. He could have stretched down and pulled us out, but he bound himself to his word. And he showed his love for us. And yet, while we were yet still sinners, he came and he died for us. With, he spilled his blood. He spilled his blood. And check this out. It's so cool. He kept his body. When he ascended to heaven, he's in a body. He didn't ascend as a spirit. It said he was there, and then he ascended into a cloud. And now he's seated at the right hand. He still has holes in his hands, a hole in his side, holes in his feet. How do we know that? Whenever he appeared before the disciples, he said, come and touch. And Thomas was like, well, I'll never believe it, you know? And like, the Lord waits a period of time to show back up again, you know? And then he reveals himself to Thomas, and then Thomas sees, and whoa, Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father with holes in his hands. John said in Revelation, he said, behold, I see one who is as a lamb that had been slaughtered. Jesus still has the scars. And the Holy Spirit's greatest joy is to give us the beautiful picture of what he sees. I just picture in my mind the Holy Spirit dances around the throne, and then he reveals that imagery to us. And he says, hey, this is what, this is what I'm seeing. Because, I, I mean, it's, it's, an, it's incredible to think just that we have the opportunity to see Jesus in this way, or that he would want to reveal himself to us in this way. It's beautiful. And so anyway, so the Father is in heaven, Jesus is enthroned at his right hand, and the Holy Spirit is on the earth. The Holy Spirit's job is to reveal Jesus to me. And you don't have to turn there. I'm just going to go there real quick. But it's John chapter 14, verse 26. Or if you want to go there, you can go there too. John 14, 26. But when the Father sends the spirit of holiness, the one like me who sets you free, he will teach you all things in my name, Jesus speaking. And he will inspire you to remember every word that I've told you. So the Holy Spirit's going to come. And Jesus is saying, he's going to remind you of everything that I've said. The Holy Spirit's job is to reveal and remind us of who Jesus is and what he has said. How do you know if you have the Holy Spirit? Do you long and desire to know Jesus deeper? Because there's this constant yearning and longing from the Holy Spirit for Jesus. And so that becomes our greatest desire and our greatest longing and our greatest yearning because he's in us. And so if you're here this morning and you don't have that desire, I just pray that it gets so on you to where you can't stand to not be thinking about him or not be talking about him. I pray he gets all over you, all over you. And so 
I just want to share real quick, because you may be thinking to yourself, like, well, how, do I, how, do, how, how did you receive the Holy Spirit? How do I even know all this stuff is legit? Well, first of all, it's in the Word. So if you believe the Word, you know, I'm just going off of what I'm reading, guys. <laughs> you know, I'm not trying to speak out of my own experience. But I did feel the Lord incline on me that as I'm sharing about this, just to, receive, just to share a little bit of what, what, what I've seen the Holy Spirit do just in my life personally. And I'm only 25. I'm not that old. I'm a young book. But uh, I, I mean, it's, it's amazing when you yield yourself to him. And I've just, I, I'm, I'm not, I haven't arrived. I haven't arrived. I'm still learning so much about him. But I'm like so thankful for what I know about him, you know? I don't know. I don't know, how to, I don't know if I'm wording this correctly, but hopefully yes. But so once again, been a PK my entire life, grew up in church. And it wasn't until we moved to Austin. I was born in Tulsa, Oklahoma. My mom and dad were on staff at a church, uh, Victory in Tulsa. And then in 2000, we moved to Austin, Texas. And so by this time, you know, I'm three. <laughs> so I'm like, yeah, I don't remember much about it at all. Just remember that I threw up on my first day in pre-K. Didn't like it. Wasn't good. Anyways, TMI. Uh, so we're growing, we're growing. By the time I'm five, every Sunday morning at this church in Austin, they did pre-service prayer, where they had all the staff and all the volunteers come into the sanctuary. They closed the doors, turned the lights way down towards eerie, you know? And then uh, we just walked around the sanctuary, and we just, these people loved Jesus. Walked around and just prayed, covered the seats. You know, we're talking Shanda Barai, you know, like laying hands on the pillars and, you know, just laying hands on the seats. I'm sure if they had oil, they'd probably be dousing everything in oil, you know, and just anointing that place. And me as a five-year-old, as kids, we learn through watching and seeing how people do things. And so me, I was walking around. Of course, I was following mom and dad. And so I'm hearing this weird Shandai coming out of my parents. And I'm like, what in the world? You know, what is this? And so I start, as a child, as a five-year-old, I start mimicking what they're saying. Mom's was much easier than dad's. Dad's was like, ooh, he was like tier five. Mom was like two tier, you know? So I'm like, I can hit moms, you know? And so like, I'm just being honest with you guys, you know? So like, I just start mimicking what she's saying, mainly because hers was a little shorter, so it was easier to grab a hold of. So I would start mimicking what she was saying. And the next thing I knew... After doing that for like a couple of years, because I mean, we're on staff, mom and dad, they weren't like, we're going to go into the sanctuary and pray and you guys do your own thing. Nah, we were in it. We were in it. And both mom and dad were on the worship team. So they'd make us sit on the front row. And if we weren't worshiping, mom would give you that look. They put the fear of Jesus in you. And you'd stand up and you'd have to clap and do all that kind of stuff, you know? And uh, so anyways... I got to this point where I was mimicking what my parents were saying, and then all of a sudden, it didn't sound like hers or dad's anymore, but it stuck. And that was my first, that was my first experience with tongues. And I just want to preface this by saying tongues are a gift that he gives to each and every person. Tongues is for everyone. It's not limited to a specific person, but it's unique to every individual. So don't think... Well, his tongues sound better than my tongues. I remember B and I, we used to have these conversations because B's prayer language was very short, but mine kind of like felt longer, you know? <laughs> like I would just pray it 
And then B, at sometimes kind of struggled with the fact of, is my prayer language authentic and is it real or is it just me? Just, you know, is it just me? Because of course, that's people's biggest thing when they're praying in tongues. It's beyond the mind. It's beyond the understanding of the mind. You can't comprehend it. You know, you can only comprehend it by the spirit. And so B would be praying and then she'd ask, like, you know, is, is this me? And the Holy Spirit continued to just reassure her, this is me in you. Just continue to let it out, continue to let it out. And so that was my first exposure to tongues. And just through the years, the Lord has just molded it and shaped it and fashioned it however he sees fit. It's, it's a gift that he entrusted me with. It's my job to steward it. It's my job to use it. Because if I don't use it, I'm going to lose it. And so that's a whole different topic, though. And so anyway, so grew up throughout the years and had felt the touch of the Holy Spirit on my life. And he was there, and I knew he was there as a, as a beautiful person, but I didn't engage with him for the longest time. You know, it's, it's the best way I could think about it is like in, in all the rooms of my heart, he was in like the broom closet that I never opened up, but I could hear the knocking. Like, hey, hey, you know? And so we, would tra- we, we started traveling full time. Now, by this time, I'm a teenager, and so I had gone through this yuck of just trying to do my own thing. And the whole time, the Holy Spirit never left. His knock was always there. Now, granted, there were some times where it turned into more of a, but I could still hear it. And then what's scary is the one day that it was just nothing. You couldn't hear anything. And so the beautiful thing, though, was whenever that knocking, I started to be able to hear that knocking again. And then the day came, Sacramento, California, February of 2014. I was getting ready for my day in the bathroom. He can meet you anywhere. He don't care what you're wearing. (laughs) And he met me, and I was brushing my teeth, and he flooded the bathroom where I was in, and I couldn't even stand. I fell down on my hands and knees, and he said, give me everything or give me nothing. And I said, I give you everything, mainly because I can't stand, and I want to stand again. So no, I'm just kidding. I was just like, I give you everything. Because I knew that he desperately longs and desires me. And so I want to long for and desperately desire him because I was made as a vessel for him to be able to use. And so we were in, we, a couple of years later, we were in the Dominican Republic. This was the first time that I had actively walked in the power of the Holy Spirit. The power of the Holy Spirit is what Jesus experienced when he was baptized. The Holy Spirit came upon him, and then miracles, signs, and wonders. The miracles, signs, and wonders are the power of the Holy Spirit. We have fellowship with him through talking with him. It's a conversation. I just wake up every morning. I'm like, good morning, Holy Spirit. Like, open my eyes that I can see. Open my ears that I can hear. Help me to understand what's written in this book. And he does it every single time without fail. Like, he reveals Jesus to us, like what we were talking about. But the power of the Holy Spirit is the miracle signs and wonders. And so we were in the Dominican Republic. We had been down, our whole trip down there was for two and a half months, which is a long time. You get down in a foreign country, and you're like, woo! And then week three, you're kind of like, yeah, how long are we here? You know, like, this is a long time, you know, to be down in a a foreign country, especially when it's your first time out of the country. It's a long time to be away from America. Love America. It's beautiful. Anyways, so, like, we're down there for about a month and a half at this time, and we're in a city known as Banin. And I mean, this is like where we were living. We were in a hotel called Hotel Tepravia. And our team, we had four hotel rooms. And I'm talking like four guys 
of various sizes staying in one hotel room. And on the flip side, there was what? Four girls living in the same room? Yeah. So that was by, the, that was by, we made it through that by the Spirit of God. And so I'm like, that's our living condition and everything. And so there was a missions team that was coming from the US. Uh, and we were basically the people on the ground doing the groundwork, making sure we were, we were scheduling all what they're going to be doing this whole week. We were helping them uh, promote for the crusade that was going to be happening later on that week. And so they came down. It was a team of a couple. It looked like about 100 or so. Yeah, you were on the team. Yeah, that's when we met you. That's awesome. So yeah, like they came down, and, and there was about 100 or so people on this team. Felt like it. And so later on in the week, the crusade was going on. And so we all meet down in the, in the, um, whatever, the lobby of the hotel. And uh, Pastor Paul from Victory in Tulsa, he was the one preaching the crusade that night. And so we, all, we were all just looking to him for direction. What, what, what is it that we can do for you? What are you expecting of us as the team? And he just looked at us, and he was like, guys, tonight, just be led by the Holy Spirit. And all of us, it was so cool. You just looked around, and everyone was like, got it. Because by that point in the missions trip, you're like, yo, like he's the only thing that's been getting us through this far, so we're just going to continue doing what we've been doing. And so the crusade goes on that night. And he's like, there's going to be this part in the crusade where we're going to start uh, asking people if they need healing. And during that time, you guys just go where he tells you to go. And so we got there. And the meeting started. And we got to the point where the healing was taking place. And Pastor Paul put out the call. And he was like, our team's going to be going out throughout, uh, throughout the field. You know, it was in a baseball field. And there was thousands of people there. He's like, our team's going to be going throughout the field. And uh, if you need prayer for anything, you know, we want to pray for you guys. So just signal that you want healing or whatever just by putting your hand up. And so I'm like, the stage, the stage is here, and I'm like back in the far, far right corner. And I'm just kind of sitting there, just praying, just praying in the spirit, just like, Holy Spirit, lead me, guide me. Where am I supposed to go? And it was like I saw these footprints in front of me. No one was walking in it. No, no one was walking, but it was like I saw these footprints just directing me where I was to go. And so I just started following where I felt like the Lord was leading me, start walking through the crowd. I mean, there's people everywhere. And there's this one guy that sees me. And of course, he figures I'm on the team because I don't look Dominican. And so he like looks at me, and he's like speaking to me in Spanish. And I'm like, ah, poquito español. Oh, no. You know, like I don't have a translator. And so he just he starts pointing to his stomach. And I was like, your stomach? And he was, yeah. And then I could begin to tell that it was like acid. He was saying something about acid, like he would have like acid reflex or something pertaining to his stomach. And so I was like, all right. So I laid hands on him and just began to pray over him. And as I was praying for him, like he was totally in a receiving mode. You know, he's just like, yes, yes, gloria a Dios, you know, and just like, and of course that gets you fired up. You're like, yeah, 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 you know. And so like I'm praying for the guy and then I finish and he looks at me and he was like, had this shocked look on his face. Like, there's nothing, like, nothing's there. Like, I feel totally fine. And I was like, Gloria a Dios, like, Jesus is bueno, this is amazing, you know? And so, of course, now, now I'm juiced up. I'm like, let's go. Where are we going to next? And so, once again, just kept feeling the leading. And he eventually brought me over far to the left side, way up against the fence, where there's all these people sitting in these, they're sitting in these plastic lawn chairs. So I get over there, and he highlights this one gentleman that's sitting there. And he's got, you know, his, his foot's in a boot. 
And, you know, he's got crutches. And so the Lord just takes me over to him. And um, once again, didn't have a translator. So I was just looking at him. And I looked and I pointed at his foot. And I was like, what happened? And he said, moto, like some kind of, like, like a motorcycle accident. And it completely messed up. And later, <laughs> later, we had translators that came, and they heard his story. And so I was able to get more information out. So, but at this time, I didn't know. But he was in a motorcycle accident earlier that day, because motorcycles are one of the main forms of transportation around the islands. And so he was in a motorcycle accident, completely messed up his foot, couldn't put any pressure on it whatsoever. And so I just came before him, and I was like, all right, Holy Spirit, what do I do? It's important that we always ask him, how would you go about doing this, Lord? Because sometimes we see a problem, and we're like, yeah, just Jesus, you know? But it's like, he wants he, he wants us to come to that point where we want to seek him and ask him, Lord, we know that it's your will. We know that it's your will, to, your will to heal. How do you want us to go about doing this? Jesus healed people so many different ways. And so many times we look at it and we're like, all right, he healed this person this way, this person this way, this person this way. Jesus said, once again, I don't do anything unless I hear my father say it. And I only do what I see my father do. And so Jesus always did it with his ear towards heaven and his ear towards the people. And so they would tell him what's going on if he was like, what do, I, what do you want me to do for you? And then the Father would give him how to go about doing it. And so I just asked the Holy Spirit, I was like, what, what, what do I need to do here? How do I need to go about doing this? And he said, lay hands on it and just start praying for it. So I laid hands on it and I was praying for it. And I prayed for a little bit and then I just felt in my spirit, he was like, all right, stop praying. Sometimes we can hide behind prayer. Sometimes we can pray so much to where we're actually hurting ourselves instead of helping it. Because we're like, do it, Jesus, do it, Jesus, do it, Jesus. And Jesus is like, stop praying, get up and walk around, you know, (laughs) or something like, you know, it's like there has to be faith in action, you know, faith without works is dead. So it's like, I can't just, that's why when we pray here, dad always tells it, dad always tells you guys, pray for them and then do something you couldn't do before. Because there's the prayer, and then there's the activation by faith, which is, okay, Lord, I know you can heal me. I know you can heal me. I know you can heal me. All right, how do you know he can heal you? Get up, walk, take up your mat, and walk. So that's why it's important that we always encourage you guys, do something you couldn't do. Faith activates. So anyways, so I'm praying for this guy, and the Lord tells me that's enough. And I get up, and I look at him, and I looked at him, and I was like, come here. And so he needed help, but he got out of the chair and he's leaning on me. And so, you know, he's doing this whole thing, you know, and he's hobbling, you know, and I'm like, all right, what now? <laughs> you know, like, where do we? And so the Lord's like, start walking him back and forth and give me glory the whole time. And so I was like, all right. And so there was like this perfect, and the whole time this is happening, there's still thousands of people around. They're seeing healings already starting to break out all over the crusade. This is just one instance of many. And this guy, I've got him on my shoulders, and so now we're walking. And it's pretty slow, you know, because he can't move that fast. And so we're just going, and the whole time I looked at him, and I was like, say, Dios es bueno. Dios es bueno. God is good. And so he's going, and he's like, Dios es bueno. Dios es bueno. And I was like, Gloria a Jesus. Glory to Jesus. And he's like, Gloria a Jesus. And so we're just walking. We're walking. 15 minutes later, the dude's nearly running back and forth, yelling, Dios es bueno, Dios es bueno, you know? 
Because when you first start, of course, it's like, yeah, God, you're, you're good. You're good. And then you start to see his goodness show up, and you're like, oh, you're good. You know, like, you're good. And then it, like, starts to really manifest, and you're like, oh, you're, like, so good, you know? Like, that's where he's bringing us to. But that was the power of the Holy Spirit. That wasn't me. That was his leading. And so it's when we have relationship with him, when we grow with him, when we long for him, he will show himself faithful on our behalf. We have to cultivate a relationship with him. And a relationship is built through fellowship, communion. Dad talked about this a couple weeks ago, communion. There's a reason why in the Bible, anytime a covenant would be made or the most honoring thing you would do with someone is break bread with them because it was having fellowship with them. And so that's what we do with the Holy Spirit. We sit down and we're like, Holy Spirit, I want to have fellowship with you. And this is my food and this is my drink. I open this up and I'm ready for what you have. So Rebecca, come on up. Um, So just one last thing I want to go over with you guys. In the charismatic circle, there's this term that we use a lot, which is seasons. Oh, I'm just in a, I'm going through a season, you know? And I think it's our way of just describing the, where we're at in life, you know? It's like, so how's life? Man, well, I'm just, you know, I'm going through a season, you know? <laughs> it's like, what kind of, you know, fall, winter, is it summer? There's this spring where stuff's coming back to life, you know? Like, what's going on? And with the Holy Spirit, and I want to say this right, with the Holy Spirit, it is impossible to have a dry season. If you look at yourself and I'm like, man, well, I'm just going through a dry season, you know? So I'm, just, I'm in the wilderness. Jesus was in the wilderness, but he wasn't dry. Out of his belly flowed rivers of living water. <sighs> You'll never run dry. John 7, 38. John 7, 38, and it says, once I get there, thank you, Lord. 7, 38. John 7, was it 38 or 39? Yep, it's 38. (laughs) Good one. Jesus says, believe in me so that rivers of living water will burst out from within you, flowing from your innermost being, just like the scripture says. And then in verse 39, It says, Jesus was prophesying about the Holy Spirit, that believers were being prepared to receive, but the Holy Spirit had not yet been poured out upon them because Jesus had not yet been unveiled in his full splendor. The Holy Spirit is living water. You never run dry. He never leaves you dry. It's who he is. He sustains us. I heard this beautiful analogy about the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. The Father is like the Son, the big ball of fire in the sky. The Father is the Son itself. The Son is the light that the Son puts off. Jesus is our ability to see the world in it with a heavenly kingdom perspective. The Holy Spirit is the heat. It's the heat that you feel. It's all one. The three of them are one but they all function and operate in different ways. Another way you could look at it is it's like a water. The Father is the ocean. The Son is the ice. 
Holy Spirit is steam. All of it originates from the same place. It all has its being from one source. And so it's, impossible, it's, it's, it's important for us as believers to long and to hunger and thirst after a relationship with him. If you want to fall more in love with Jesus, that is made possible through falling in love with the Holy Spirit. He loves to reveal Jesus to you. It's his job, as we saw. And so once again, I challenge you guys, don't take my word for this. But I think there's a reason why amongst the church, one of the most controversial topics you can talk about is the Holy Spirit. Like, have you ever thought about that? One of the most controversial topics in the church, healing in the Holy Spirit. Why is that? The Holy Spirit is the power of God. And you want to know, the Holy Spirit is important to the Lord. He is important to the Lord, so much so, I'm not going to, well, yeah, I am. I can't not do it. (laughs) Sorry for the double negative, not really. This is how much the Holy Spirit means to the Father and to the Son. Matthew 12, 31 and 32. Jesus said, this is why I warn you. God will forgive people for every sin and blasphemy except one. We serve a God who's a forgiver. But there's one sin that he does not forgive. That's like, you better pay, you better pay attention. Don't miss this. There is no forgiveness for the sin of blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. If anyone speaks evil of me, the Son of Man, he can be forgiven. Jesus is saying, if you speak evil against Jesus, the one who brings salvation, if you speak evil against him, you'll be forgiven. If you speak evil against the Father, you'll be forgiven. But if anyone speaks against the Holy Spirit, he will never be forgiven now or ever. That's how important Holy Spirit is to the Lord. It's because that's his power. God is saying, if you don't cherish and value him, you don't cherish and value me. We have to cherish and value all aspects of our Father, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. All of them, you're giving glory to the Father because they give glory to the Father. Jesus said, I am in the Father, and the Father is in me. Holy Spirit says, I am in you. I don't know how else to communicate this. Lord, help me. He wants us. And the Father gives good gifts. And this is where, this is where I'm going to end. So if you could, um, yeah, just posture your hearts in a place ready to receive. Chris, you can make it more spiritual in here. Um, The Father gives good gifts. If you're here this morning and you don't know Holy Spirit, He wants you because He wants to reveal Jesus to you. His gift is Jesus, seeing Him the way He's meant to be seen. If I look at Jesus without the Holy Spirit, I can make Jesus look like anything I want. But if I look at him through the lens of the Holy Spirit, there's only one Jesus I see, and it's the lamb that is seated in glory that was slain. I can't mess up the image of Jesus with the Holy Spirit.
like I said, I don't know this whole thing. I haven't figured this whole thing out. But what I do know is it was one day while we were traveling in my host home, I went to my room and I heard this documentary start playing. Our host family started watching it. And if you haven't seen it, I highly encourage you to go and watch this documentary, but it's called Holy Ghost. And this documentary is a movie that was literally made by the leading of the Holy Spirit. These filmmakers, they set out not to make a movie. They set out to literally bring their camera equipment and say, Holy Spirit, where do you want us to go? And he would point, pinpoint a place on a map. They would pack up their camera equipment and they would fly to that place and they'd just get off the plane and start filming. They didn't know where they were going. They didn't know what they were doing. And the things they saw, because Holy Spirit led them. Holy Spirit will bring you into the presence of people you feel like you're not capable of being in their presence. It brought Peter into the home, the personal residence of a Roman official and baptized him. The Holy Spirit will take you wherever you're willing to say, here I am. It's relationship, it's friendship. And so if you're here this morning and you don't know the Holy Spirit like this, maybe you have heard about the Holy Spirit, but you've never actually pursued him relationally. He wants to pour himself out on you this morning. So the altar's open right now. The altar's open. If you want more of Jesus, if you want Holy Spirit, I invite you to come down to the altar. And I'm going to ask for everyone to just close your eyes, bow your heads. Once again, like I said, the altars are open. Position yourself in a place to receive from him. Luke 11, verse 11 through 13. Luke 11, verse 11 through 13. I just want to read this over you. Jesus speaking says, let me ask you this. Do you know of any father who would give his son a snake on a plate when he asked for a serving of fish? Of course not. Do you know of any father who would give his daughter a spider when she had asked for an egg? Of course not. If imperfect parents know how to lovingly take care of their children and give them what they need, how much more will the perfect heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit's fullness when his children ask him? All you have to do is ask. He always has more to give. There's a scripture too, for those of you who are in here and you already have a relationship with the Holy Spirit, don't think that you're not included in this at all. For Paul writes, Paul writes here in Ephesians 5, verse 17 and 18. He says, don't live foolishly, for then you will have discernment to fully understand God's will. Verse 18, and don't get drunk with wine, which is rebellion. Instead, be filled continually with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is not a one-time deal. He's not a one-time filling. He is continually, all the time, day in, day out, sun up, sun down. Holy Spirit has more to give and more to pour out. Let's go ahead and stand.
And I know I'm running short on time, but I just really feel in my heart just to open this up to you guys. But if you want more of the Holy Spirit, come down to the altar. If you want more of the Holy Spirit, come down to the altar. If you want Holy Spirit, come down to the altar. It's a relationship. It's a person you're coming unto. You're coming unto Jesus. Holy Spirit reveals Jesus. If you want a deeper love for Jesus, come to the altar. Come to this altar. Position yourself to love and hunger and thirst for him. If you're in a dry season, I know I'm not the only one in this, but if you feel like you are in a dry season, come and get the living water. For out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. It's not an external water. It's an internal water, which means it can never be taken away from you. If you've run dry, it's because you stopped beholding him. I love what Eric Gilmore says. He says the Christian life is not about behave. It's about behold. Behold him. Bring it up, Rebecca. Behold him. Just fix your eyes. No one looking around. No one here at the altar or in your seats. Everyone, eyes closed, fixing your gaze on Jesus. And welcome, Holy Spirit. Just tell him. Just say, Father, I receive the Holy Spirit. I receive the Holy Spirit. I want a friendship with him. I want fellowship with him. I want to know him more. I haven't arrived. We haven't arrived. But there's always more. There's always more. There's always more. Jesus, you're faithful. You're good. You pour yourself out on all those who are hungry and thirsty for righteousness. Holy Spirit, come. Come. Touch every person in this place. Do your work. Do your work. Make us like Jesus. Everything that is in us that is not of you, convict us of unrighteousness. Bring us to a point of never going back. Wreck us in a way to where we'll never recover, Jesus. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. We invite you. We thank you. We praise you, Jesus. Glory, honor, and power be to you, mighty, mighty King. He is here. He is here. Let him love you this morning. Just let him love you.